Cherry Hill Volvo, we have absolutely incredible offers and a plethora of both new and certified Volvos from which to choose. We are eager to offer amazingly competitive prices, plus an additional $1,000 Costco discount on all new Cherry Hill Volvos. When leasing or purchasing a new or certified Cherry Hill Volvo, you become a valued part of our team. Join Cherry Hill Volvo for the pricing and attention you deserve. I am Judith Krepnick, president of Cherry Hill Volvo. Worried about letting someone else pick out the perfect avocado for your perfect impress them on the third date guacamole? Well, good thing Instacart shoppers are as picky as you are. They find ripe avocados like it's their guac on the line. They are milk expiration date detectives. They bag eggs like the 12 precious pieces of cargo they are. So let Instacart shoppers overthink your groceries so that you can overthink what you'll wear on that third date. Download the Instacart app to get free delivery on your first three orders while supplies last. Minimum $10 per order. Additional terms apply. WPHT, WPHT, HD, WOGL, HD3, Philadelphia. From the Cherry Hill Volvo Studios, where relationships matter. Always live on the free Odyssey app. The revolution will be broadcast. This is the next generation of talk. Now, on Talk Radio 1210 WPHT, Rich Zioli. Rich is on his way to a speaking engagement, and I think he's putting on the jetpack and going to fly over traffic. He has one. Don't let him, don't let him kid you. He's, he's got all kinds of secret agent superhero stuff. He's not driving. He's strapping on the jetpack. Something I wish Elon Musk would create. It's Michael Pelka back for one more hour, and we have a jam-packed hour planned for you. There's uh, a lot in addition to what Rich was covering. And uh, I really was happy that Rich got into the James Comer breakdown of the the Biden crime family. And uh, I I noticed something that, um, correct me if I'm wrong, uh, Matthew and Henry, correct me if uh, Rich did cover this. I don't think he did. Because I was dipping in and out of the program since three o'clock. Um, this latest check from James and Sarah Biden to Joe, forty grand, I think it was. It lists in the um, in the notation segment at the bottom on the left, uh, loan repayment. Right? Isn't that what that said? Did Rich bring this up? Uh, we talked about Comer, but not the specifics of that that check. I think this is at least the second, maybe the third check that has been brought up in these discussions that uses that term loan repayment in the notation segment on the check on the face of the check and i'm wondering if this is part of the scheme because you know the biden crime family had all these bank accounts that they were funneling all this money through through shell corporations with different names and bouncing the the bucks back and forth to uh, different family members and different entities. And uh, James Biden, who had uh, who had gotten some campaign donation or Joe's Joe's biggest campaign donor in the state of Delaware when he was a senator, was a Ukrainian-American businessman who owns auto dealerships here, had also loaned money to James Biden to rebuild his beach house down in uh, Florida, I believe. He doesn't have one as nice as Joey does up here in uh, Rehoboth. But I'm just wondering if this is part of the way to deflect any potential IRS investigations in the past. 
that everything was listed as a loan repayment. I'm just wondering if if somebody in uh, Comer's office, I'm sure they're doing all kinds of investigations into this now, but I'm wondering if that was part of the deflection technique. Just throwing that out there. And in case you're wondering about the um, the campaign donor from Joe's Senate life, when uh, when he was always relying on this uh, one guy in Delaware, Ukrainian American. Gee, isn't it funny that Ukrainian American is connected to the Biden family for years and years and years? And this guy owns auto dealerships here in America. He owns a couple of biggies in Delaware. And he owns uh, several auto dealerships in Eastern Europe. Hmm. And then Hunter suddenly is connected to Ukraine, never has to go there for the work, just keeps getting the checks. It's just too, a little too convenient, as my mother would say. But it's amazing to me, and I, I'm wondering if, if there's an accountant in the office, maybe there's an accountant in the audience here uh, that will uh, let us know that this is a technique to, to utilize notations on the checks to mislead when any IRS reporting is happening. I know that there's a whole lot of investigation into the the Trumps and their finances and their corporate finances. In fact, Donald Jr. was in court today getting grilled like a cheese sandwich. But uh, Donald took the Donald Jr. took the appropriate angle, I believe, by saying, look, I, I trusted the people we paid to do the accounting. We paid our accountants a million dollars a year to do that accounting. So, uh, you know, I don't have any knowledge of generally accepted accounting principles. So I believe that what they were telling me was the truth. Very good defense, I think, that was today. But I just wonder if there's something behind this. You guys know the number, 855-839-1210. Happy that the entire station is celebrating all day long. I heard uh, Dom particularly was ebullient uh, about that Orsted project dying and uh, well done. Everybody who participated in, in trying to get rid of the offshore wind farms, just incredible stuff. We are going to have uh, Gordon Chang joining us in uh, under 30 minutes or just about 30 minutes. Gordon Chang, Gordon G. Chang on Twitter, who you should be following, is uh, the best brain in the world when it comes to what's going on in Asia. And now it seems like China has its fingers in the Middle East. At least that's what we are hearing. And, and that wouldn't be a surprise because China needs to get its hands on uh, minerals and uh, natural resources from around the world. And so they're doing it by forcing their way into smaller, poorer countries in the Middle East. And we'll find out from Gordon what's going on. Plus, there, there's also another story out there, kind of a rumor, but it's in print in a couple of places, that um, North Korea is closing embassies. North Korea may be running out of money and closing embassies, which that's a, a, a curious thing because that little rocket man has nuclear weapons. And you don't like somebody being desperate. But we'll talk about China. Uh, Joe Biden is supposed to meet with Xi Jinping this month, and they're going to meet in California, I believe. But my question is why? Joe hasn't had a conversation with uh, Xi since before the balloon went over the country. So it's like eight months ago, nine months ago. We didn't, we didn't call him out. I think we sent a sternly worded letter. And I wonder why Gavin Newsom was there. Was Gavin Newsom doing some sort of advance work 
Or was he doing some sort of advance his own career work when he was in China? We will see. We'll get Senator into Rand that. Rand Paul joins me. The book is a... Mo- is Rich back? No, that's that's a goof on my end. I'm, I'm editing his, uh, his little social media post and... Uh, didn't realize you, you were going God. out over the air. Yeah, we, I, realize, I realize I'm the substitute teacher, but you can't just run around the back of the classroom. Rich was right. Nobody's listening to the damn show in the studio. I got other things to do. Sorry. I'm sorry this little show's getting in your way. <laughs> God, I, man. It's, it's a fine balance of doing both, all right? I, I'm, I'm running around the cl- classroom. I hear like, you, Rich. Simultaneously I hear you, Rich. I feel your pain, Rich the Oli. I was going to do it as Bernie Sanders, but I've been banned from doing Bernie Sanders doing the Zioli show. Uh, anyway, sorry. But yeah, I know stuff happens. But um, I, I mentioned Joe Biden and the Biden crime family. And Joe left the White House earlier today, about uh, about three and a half hours ago, he he uh, shuffled across the lawn at the White House to get on Marine One and then bounce over to Joint Base Andrews and take Air Force One to Minnesota, where he made a campaign appearance, basically. He was speechifying in Minnesota, and we have to talk about that. But in watching Joe Biden cross the White House lawn towards Marine One, I noticed something I haven't seen before. There appears to be a putting green on the White House lawn. And I haven't seen that before. There's a fountain you see, which is on the South Lawn, but I had never noticed the putting green. Have you guys noticed that putting green before? No, I didn't. Never even thought to look until you brought it up. Yeah, same. It's got, uh, it's got like one, two, three flags on it. So it's like a little chipping and putting green. And I know Biden plays golf because everybody in Delaware knows he cheats at golf. That's kind of common knowledge. He's got a liberal use of the foot wedge. And uh, his score is always uh, up for audit. But I'd never seen it before. And this appears to be a camera from a different angle. Anyway, he, he, took, uh, he took Air Force One to Minnesota. And on the flight... To Minnesota, one of the deputy press secretaries was addressing the media. And she said some interesting things that I think are worth noting. Deputy Press Secretary Emily Simmons, might be Simons, I don't know. But um, we're in the middle of a, a, a war right now. Now, we're not technically involved in it, but we're helping. We're helping Israel a lot. And we could get dragged into this real easily. Our troops are under attack in several areas. But uh, the, uh, the situation here with the attacks on Jews in Israel and the attacks on Jewish students and Jewish people here in America, I'm seeing reports from all over the country, not just kids on campuses, but you have uh, businesses on Long Island that had swastikas painted on them. You have businesses and homes in France they're having swastikas painted on them. You have people marching, talking about killing Jews. You have the guy up at Cornell who's been arrested for saying he wanted to kill any Jewish student he saw. But the Biden spokesperson, the deputy press secretary, didn't seem to be able to mention anything about the Jews who were under attack and the Jews who are being persecuted not just in Israel, but in this country. We know that people are hurting. We know that, um, especially in Muslim and Arab American communities, 
Um, and that's why we continue to be very vocal about the fact that we are heartbroken by each and every loss of life. We know that communities are feeling the pain of what's going on overseas in a deeply personal way. And so we are going to continue to speak to these different communities, underscore the work we're doing to get aid into Gaza um, and the conditions we're trying to set up to support a humanitarian pause. Yeah, they, they've stopped calling it a ceasefire now. It's called a humanitarian pause. That's the new euphemism. It's not a ceasefire, even though that's what the, the people who are protesting on the streets are calling it. It's a humanitarian pause. But she never mentioned in that statement the Jewish people who I believe are constantly under attack. And we heard yesterday or was it Monday, John Kirby said that the, uh, the anti-Semitism attacks in this country set a record in 2022. We obviously don't have the 2023 numbers in, but they're, they're no doubt even bigger but no mention no mention now there's no coincidence at all that joe biden's flying to minnesota where elon omar's district is and you've got keith ellison who is the governor right now and El- or attorney general ellison uh formerly in congress is uh famous for hanging out with louis farrakhan it's no shock that all this is going on But Emily Simmons was also saying that Biden won't be silent about Islamophobia. The president continues to underscore that we will not be silent. There is no place for hate in America, not against Muslim Americans, uh, Arab Americans, Palestinian Americans, not against anyone. Uh, Would it have killed you to uh, talk about the Jewish Americans who have been the, the focus of so much hate? In the past few weeks, as well as uh, while this guy's been in charge, I just don't believe this lady. I can't believe they're this tone deaf. People are catching on. And uh, they landed in Minnesota and uh, Biden used the uh, short stairs again. They got him the uh, little boy stairs again. He was not on the big boy stairs. They're nervous, I guess. Uh, But he was there and uh, didn't seem like the Red Bull and Prevagen drip had kicked in yet. He... um, he had trouble from the jump. And uh, I'm glad to be accompanied by, uh, I want to talk about my administration. And it's- oh, hold on a second. Who are you glad to be accompanied by? I'm glad to be accompanied by, uh, wait a minute. Did I miss a name there? I don't think so. And uh, I'm glad to be accompanied by, uh, I want to talk about my administration and its investment in rural America. Okay. But I also want to thank... Uh, He's scaring the kids. Governor Vilsack, uh, former Governor Vilsack. That's right. Tom Vilsack used to be governor. Joe, Joe may have finally figured out who he was supposed to be talking about. Yeah. Now, uh, Biden is there trying to uh, get, get votes from the farm community. And he's trying to let them know that he's he's really hip to the situation that they face and the troubles that they're they're dealing with. And and so he he wanted to let the audience there know just how much uh, he understood and the little banners behind him. They you know, they always put up banners with the lo- the slogans like Bidenomics working, et cetera. And this is investing in rural America. It just rolls off the tongue, doesn't it? Uh, but here's Joey trying to tell us just how much he understands farming. When a farmer sells his commodities normally, 
you have to go through the grocery store and the farmers get about 18 cents for every federal dollar, excuse me, every, every dollar they had. Sometimes you get less than that. Some, somebody, but. Did, did you guys understand that? When a farmer sells his commodities, normally you have to go through the grocery store. Um, I, I, I don't think the farmers take that. You know, here's a guy with a big truckload of corn or wheat. He's not driving to the Piggly Wiggly in Minnesota to dump off the corn at the grocery store. And then he said they get about 18 cents for every federal dollar. No, 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 no. You're talking about how much the farmer gets based on the production of the product, whatever the farm product was, and then the final market cost. Uh, I don't think he has any idea what he's talking about. And then he said, and sometimes you get less than that. Somebody, no. He's very confused. And they really shouldn't put him up there giving these kinds of speeches because it's so easy for him to just kind of stumble and mumble through. We're investing millions in building new bio economy and with homegrown biofuels, which will contribute nearly $3 billion to Minnesota's economy over every year as it saves as an important market for family farms to be able to see that. Someone just lit the applause light because they knew he he was going in in different directions every other word there. He just said that uh, this this, uh, investment into the new bioeconomy with homegrown biofuels, uh, if we're talking about using corn to create fuel, I remember, I'm old enough to remember when Bill Clinton said, uh, there's nothing dumber than burning your food for fuel. And that's kind of what that is, especially when we have all this all this delicious, gooey dinosaur juice under the ground and all the natural gas we have in this country and all the shale production we have, which is setting records, by the way. But Joe goes on to say, which will contribute nearly three billion to Minnesota's economy over every year. It saves as an important market for family farms to be able to. It's just embarrassing. But this is a state he's expecting to win. This is a state he he believes he's got a slam dunk in it. I don't know if that's true. I really don't know if that's true, especially when you you look there, maybe a credible challenger to Ilhan Omar as well. Uh, Biden still is hammering the drum, saying that uh, his, uh, his policies are working. His policies are transforming our economy. Folks, we're not only transforming rural communities, we're transforming our economy. Yeah, transforming it into a uh, messed up economy. Americans have had a a more than a 3% pay cut since this guy's been in office. And uh, prices, prices have risen 17.7% since Joe Biden was sworn in. Hmm. And yet Joey thinks that, uh, well, he's doing great and that his policies are, uh, well, they're working. Folks, Bidenomics is just another way of saying the American dream. Yeah, just another way of saying the American dream is screwed. 26% of Americans out there say Bidenomics is good. 26%. That means 74%, Joe, if we're doing real math, believe it's not good. It's not good. And he's still pitching the lie that they're cutting inflation. 
Inflation is just going up at a slower pace than it was, but it's still double what it was when Joe Biden took office. Double. Double. Just very disturbing. But, you know, he's uh, he's still currently the nominee, even though I don't believe that's that's actually going to uh, complete. It's not going to fully get there. I, I think between uh, Thanksgiving and Christmas, we're going to find out that uh, Joe Biden, he's done, he's toast, he's over. And, and if it doesn't happen, if Joe Biden is on the ticket next uh, 369 days away from today, if Joe Biden's on the ticket, you can call me and yell at me and mock me and make jokes. By the way, I know Rich was talking about going trick-or-treating last night. I know uh, a lot of you were um, sharing stories about trick-or-treating. Um, did you guys play any of the videos of the kids dressed as Joe Biden with Secret Service agents walking around? No, we did not. Apparently, this was maybe one of the most popular, if not the funniest costumes. And it wasn't in just one area. There were, there were a handful of really clever videos where people have a, a guy in a blue suit or a person in a blue suit. It's a child wearing the typical Biden outfit with a blue shirt and a blue tie, but a full Biden mask. And he's got a trick-or-treat bag. And on either side are two other kids in black suits pretending to be Secret Service agents. And they're leading him around the neighborhood. And every couple of steps, he has to stumble and fall. And they help him up. And then when he goes to the houses to hold out his bag for candy, um, there are often parents there, women, and in a couple of these videos, he tries to sniff them. The Biden head leans up to sniff the women. It's the best costume ever. And I thought we were going to have some really good, you know, Fetterman costumes that were going to be the greatest thing. No, these Biden costumes have, have taken it all, which means the entire world is seeing that everybody's just laughing at the president. Every single person. He's a joke. And he's trying to make the country a joke. Now, um... The, the situation in Israel and the war that they've taken to Gaza now to root out Hamas. Hamas has said they don't just want, they don't just want uh, to, uh, to get rid of uh, Israel. They want to kill all the Jews. They're basically saying that today. But people are trying to understand what's going on. Because you have Israel... You have Hamas, you have the Palestinians, you have America, France, Germany, England. And so I stumbled into what may be the greatest explanation of this conflict. And it, it came from Twitter, if you can believe it. The greatest explanation of this conflict was on a, a Twitter page. And it, it is called, When a Fly Falls Into a Cup of Coffee. When a fly falls into a cup of coffee, follow me on this, because I think this makes sense. If you're trying to wrap your head around this, this war that Israel is waging against Hamas in Gaza and the Palestinians who've had three weeks to get out, but they didn't, and how the world is reacting. Here's the story. A fly falls into a cup of coffee. The Italian person throws the cup, breaks it, and walks away in a fit of rage. The German carefully washes the cup, sterilizes it, and makes a new cup of coffee. The Frenchman takes the fly out of the cup and drinks the coffee. The Chinese person eats the fly and throws away the coffee. 
The Russian drinks the coffee with the fly in it since it was extra and no charge. The Israeli sells the coffee to the Frenchman, sells the fly to the Chinese, sells the cup to the Italian, drinks a cup of tea, and uses the extra money to invent a device that prevents flies from falling into the coffee. Kind of explains Israel pretty well, a very industrious group of people. Uh, The Palestinian, and this is where I think you understand the conflict better than ever. The Palestinian blames the Israeli for the fly falling into his coffee, protests the act of aggression to the U.N., then takes a loan out from the European Union to buy a new cup of coffee, uses the money to purchase explosives, blows up the coffee house where it happened, where the Italian, French, Chinese, and German, and Russian are all trying to explain to Israel that they should just give away the cup of coffee to the Palestinians, and there will be peace. And therein lies, I think, the perfect explanation of of what's happening in the region. The Europeans don't seem to get it. The Israelis do. And the Palestinians, well, they're never going to realize that the problem is Hamas, and they're the ones who elected them. It's a simple explanation. It is called the fly falls into a cup of coffee. I will retweet it so you can uh, share it with your friends. Uh, we do have Gordon Chang just around the corner. We're going to talk about not only the Middle East, but, but China, because last week we had a Chinese fighter jet get within 10 feet of an American B-52 over the South China Sea. Kind of a provocation. As you heard last night with E.J. Antoni, uh, China's selling a lot of our debt. Are they trying to get rid of our debt so that uh, there'll be no problems if they go to attack Taiwan or take Taiwan? I have questions, and the guy who has answers is Gordon Chang. He's just around the corner. It's Opelka in for Zioli on The Zioli Show. Worried about letting someone else pick out the perfect avocado for your perfect impress-them-on-the-third-date guacamole? Well, good thing Instacart shoppers are as picky as you are. They find ripe avocados like it's their guac on the line. They are milk expiration date detectives. They bag eggs like the 12 precious pieces of cargo they are. So let Instacart shoppers overthink your groceries so that you can overthink what you'll wear on that third date. Download the Instacart app to get free delivery on your first three orders while supplies last. Minimum $10 per order. Additional terms apply. We really need new phones. T-Mobile will cover the cost of four amazing new iPhone 15s. And each line is only $25 a month. New iPhone 15s? It's better over here. Only at T-Mobile get four iPhone 15s on us and four lines for $25 per line per month with eligible trade-in when you switch. Minimum of four lines for $25 per line per month with auto-pay discount using debit or bank account. $5 more per line without auto-pay, plus taxes and fees. Phone fee at 24 monthly bill credits for all well qualified customers. Contact us before canceling account to continue bill credits or credit stop and balance on required finance agreement due. $35 per line connection charge applies. Ctmobile.com. After the end of a good fight, you deserve an ice-cold reward. Medela is the mark of a fighter. You've earned this rich golden lager with a crisp, refreshing taste. Because you know, the bigger the fight, the better the reward. You put in the hours, the energy, the tough labor. You are a fighter. Medela is your reward. Medela, the mark of a fighter. Drink responsibly. Beer imported by Crown Port, Chicago, Illinois. The Zioli Show, on your schedule. From Talk Radio 1210 WPHT in the free Odyssey app. 6.32 and a chill in the air. Quite different than the past few days. I actually had to... Uh, 
cover my own tender vegetation today when I was coming to the studio. And uh, take care of yours, please. It's going to be a little cool, and then we're going to get a great weekend. So fear not. This is just a little warning. A warning. This is like the horror film trailer that Rich was talking about. It's meant to scare you that winter's on the way, but it's going to be a fantastic weekend. Uh, I mentioned that uh, I have a lot of questions about the, the global situation, and I've been watching over the past week, and it seems like more and more China's sticking its nose into the conflict in the Middle East. And all all the while still messing with us. You know, we had the incident I briefly mentioned, and I need need to understand, where uh, a Chinese fighter jet got within reportedly 10 feet of a B-52 bomber over the South China Sea. That that causes all kinds of trouble in flight. And I don't fly. I'm not a pilot. But I understand how it works when that kind of air is getting moved around at those speeds. And uh, with all the other things happening and Joe Biden getting ready to meet with the Chinese leader later this month, I asked our friend Gordon Chang, who you should follow. As a matter of fact, you must follow him on Twitter X. It's Gordon G. Chang, Gordon G. Chang on Twitter. Uh, If he would uh, spend some time and help us figure it out and understand it. And he's here alive with us. Hello, Gordon. How are you, my friend? I'm fine, Mike, and thank you so much. I'm glad you're here. Now, now, Gordon, I mentioned that incident last week that basically got no coverage. Uh, a Chinese uh, military plane, a fighter, got within 10 feet of a B-52. How does that happen without somebody taking action? Yeah, the, that was on October 24th over the South China Sea in international airspace. The B-52, I think, was flying a deterrence mission. In other words, it was telling the Chinese to back off from the Philippines because two days before um, you had uh, Chinese vessels ram two Philippine vessels at 2nd Thomas Shoal in the Philippines. China believes that 2nd Thomas Shoal belongs to it, but 2nd Thomas is more than four times from China than it is from the Philippines. Everyone knows it's the Filipino. The Chinese are trying to seize it. And then on the following day after that flyby, um, Biden, um, when he was greeting the Australian prime minister at the White House, actually said that the United States was prepared to use force to discharge our obligations to the Philippines under our mutual defense treaty. So if there is war with China soon, it's probably not going to be over Taiwan. It's probably going to be over the Philippines. Hmm. That's a little disturbing because it's it's kind of all in the same neighborhood, and it it may be a, a test. Is that kind of what this would be? Would would China be testing us with the Philippines and then making a decision about Taiwan? It could very well be. Um, of course, a war regarding the, over the Philippines could spread to Taiwan, which it probably would. Um, the problem here is that the State Department about four or five times in the last year or so has issued written warnings that the that uh, the U.S. was prepared to use force against China. And China has just completely ignored them. It's, it's just escalated the situation, which means that deterrence is failing, which is one of the reasons why I think that uh, the U.S. military sent the, a pair of B-52s over the South China Sea. So this is getting to a point where we are not able to move China in a better direction And if that's indeed the case, if China continues to escalate after President Biden's warnings, then war looks probable. 
that's uh, that's not a good thing. That doesn't make me feel comfortable at all. Uh, now, uh, Gordon, uh, President Biden is scheduled to meet with Xi Jinping in California later this month. Uh, there's been no discussion between the two since before the balloon flew over the country. If there's tension like this, what is this meeting about and who's asked for it? The United States has sort of asked for it. Um, Xi Jinping, if he actually does show up in California, this would be in San Francisco on the sidelines of the APEC summit, Asia Pacific Economic Cooperation Summit. Um, So um, Xi Jinping was supposed to come to the U.S. anyway. The U.S. has been desperately trying to open up lines of communication to China. So um, clearly the Biden administration has pleaded with Beijing for this. Now, um, as this is coming together and and it's still not set in stone, I guess, based on some of the language you're using, that it may or may not happen. um, Was Gavin Newsom in China to do a little advance work for this or was this just him doing something selfishly for his own political ends? My guess is because Gavin Newsom doesn't talk to me, is that he is uh, thinking about running for president, which is the reason why he not only went to China, he also went to Israel. So you have him trying to burnish his foreign policy chops. And on your earlier point about whether this meeting is between Xi Jinping and President Biden is set in stone, um, the White House today actually announced the meeting. Now, some people believe it will not, in fact, occur. Um, and there's a lot of cons- conspiracy theories, but those conspiracy theories may end up being right. Who knows? But the point is that the White House has actually said, yes, that meeting is set. OK, so it's on the calendar and uh, that just happened today. That's kind of interesting breaking news. We're talking with Gordon Chang, Gordon G. Chang on Twitter about uh, what's going on in with China, in China, around China. And um, uh, Gordon, I... Uh, I talked with an economist yesterday, the Zioli Show economist, E.J. Antoni from Heritage, was with us, talking about how much of our debt that China has sold off recently. And he speculated that China may be unloading our debt in order to lessen any pain in case they get embroiled in any additional conflict with us, whether it be uh, some kind of war directly or indirectly. Uh, does that make sense to you and your analysis? Well, that could very well be part of the reason, because we know that in general, the Chinese regime is trying to sanctions proof itself because it's obviously thinking of going to war and it wants to make sure that we cannot impose costs on it. But a more direct reason for China selling our debt, and they sold $45 billion worth of it, according to them, um, last month or in September, sorry, um, is because China needs to support the renminbi. And the only way they can do that is to um, sell dollars. And so they've got to unload the U.S. dollar hoard in order to protect their currency. If they don't protect their currency, then there's going to be even more capital flight than there has been already, because the renminbi is one of the world's weakest currencies right now, declining something like 5 or 6% against the U.S. dollar this year. Now, you talk about uh, the flight of money from China. There, there was a story I didn't see uh, any confirmation on the mainstream media that billionaires in China are looking to get out and bring their money with them. Can that actually happen? 
Yes, it can happen, and it has been happening. And the reason is that Xi Jinping has made it very clear that he's not only attacking foreign business, he's attacking domestic private entrepreneurs, and they're all very nervous. So they are trying to get their money out. Um, Obviously, um, they're getting it out in illicit manner, um, but nonetheless, that's pretty – it is available to them. And and that's a real sign. You know, we have a lot of Chinese coming across our southern border. Um, 99.99% of them are who they say they are. They just have given up on China. And that's a real indication that, um, you know, China is looking at end times. Uh, Gordon, is China connected to the the fight in the Middle East, especially to the situation in Israel and Gaza? And there was a, a report that said that China had removed Israel from maps uh, on its uh, official, I guess, websites. Did that happen? Is that a thing? And, and how how is China possibly connected to this conflict? Well, on China's official map, Israel still is there. But on online digital maps, of Baidu, Alibaba, and a site called AMAP, um, Israel has disappeared, which is a signal that Beijing is thinking about ditching Israel. China certainly is supporting Iran um, with increased oil purchases, with their comprehensive partnership agreement, with the 20 deals that were signed up about a month ago. Um, And China has very much been on the side of Hamas. Um, We can see it in their propaganda, um, but we also know that Iran could not afford to fund its terrorist uh, um, proxies were it not for China. Um, Chinese weapons are showing up on the battlefield, especially the Houthis, um, who have joined the fight against Israel. North Korean weapons are in the hands of Hamas, as are Chinese weapons. And North Korea couldn't get those weapons into the Middle East without China's approval. Wow. And speaking of North Korea, you you lead me into what I think is uh, the last question I have, unless I'm missing out on a topic. There's a report I just read before we came on the air today that North Korea was starting to close embassies, at least one in Hong Kong, but possibly others around the world. Uh, that to me says uh, that there's a cash flow problem. Does it mean anything else? Yes, uh, it could mean that North Korea is anticipating a war. I tend to think that it's the cash flow problem, but it could be, um, as some people speculate, that the North knows a war is going to happen pretty soon and they want to get their diplomats out of harm's way. That's very interesting. Oh, uh, one more came to mind, Gordon, and this is only because two weeks ago or 10 days ago, I saw a report that Vladimir Putin was found uh, on the floor of his bedroom after he had a heart attack. It appeared in a couple of Internet sites, then disappeared. And then there was an op-ed today on uh, one of the conservative news sites that said uh, there's an actual belief that Putin may be dead and they're using a body double. That sounds like science fiction and crazy conspiracy theory. Have you heard anything on that? Uh, No, I haven't. Um, I tend to think that's not true. Um, But, you know, with all of these theories, you just have to wait and see. You know, eventually Putin may show up, or if he doesn't show up, that's an indication that the rumor is true. We'll just have to wait. Yeah, I I don't know if it's a good thing or a bad thing if Vladimir Putin is dead, because we we don't know who's waiting in the wings, and it could even be worse. Uh, So much information packed into such a very tight space. And this is what you get from Gordon Chang virtually every day, all day on his Twitter X account. 
So go to Gordon G. Chang and keep up with it. I also love that you also uh, encourage people to pray every day, Gordon. And I'm with you 100% every single day, my friend. Thank you for being here. Oh, well, thank you so much, Mike. I really appreciate it. Take care, brother. There he goes. Uh, Gordon Chang, just uh, salt of the earth and really the smartest guy on what's happening in that region and now how it's touching the rest of the world. Uh, I have to step aside here. I have a couple more crazy stories to share with you. I know you're not certain uh, that you've heard all of the absolute mad stories of the day. Plus, uh, we have an update on the hockey story from yesterday, the story about the former NHL player who had his throat slashed, and now the police are investigating, but hockey is already reacting. I don't know if I approve of this, but we'll explain just around the corner. It's Michael Pelka in for Rich Zioli in the final hour of today's Zioli Show. Thanks for listening to the Zioli Show podcast from Talk Radio 1210 WPHT and the Odyssey app. It is 6.50 on a cold... Wednesday evening, Michael Pelka with you. November 1st is here. Winter is arriving, but it's going to be a great weekend. And uh, just uh, following up on a topic that was bandied about earlier today, both uh, this morning with Nick Hale and and then again with uh, Richard Zioli here, about uh, uh, Ron DeSantis getting grilled about his height. First of all, I don't care how tall the president is. I really don't. It doesn't matter. Rand Paul's a short guy. I mentioned that earlier. And Abe Lincoln was tall. He was 6'4", and that's before the stovepipe hat. Donald Trump, what, 6'3"? Donald Trump, 6'3", I guess. LBJ, uh, 6'3 and a half. (laughs) Somebody had to get that half in there. Uh, I'm looking at uh, Washington, who was 6'2", and at that time... That was a tall guy. Jefferson also six two and a half. So some of the early guys pretty darn tall. Bill Clinton uh, six two, just like uh, Joe Biden. No, Joe Biden's six feet, based on uh, the uh, Duck Duck Go search I just did. Shortest president of all was the fourth president, James Madison, who clocked in at five feet four inches. Little bitty guy, James Madison. <laughs> It's just amazing to me. I I do think that DeSantis is unfairly getting criticized about this, but he should own it. If you if you get hit with something like this politically, you should own it. And he should sell uh, DeSantis boots with an extra (laughs) inch or two in it. Come on, just get in there. I think that's why people get mad is that he's not owning it. Yeah. Didn't didn't Rubio get caught with the same problem? Yeah, he got accused of wearing lifts in his shoes. Yeah. And, and you know, why not? Just own the damn thing. Yeah. Uh, we there wasn't a president. Transparency. Yeah, guys. Honesty. You know what? I, I used lifts in my shoes. I did. There, there it goes. I wish he would go and uh, watch the interview. There was a, a great jockey named Eddie Shoemaker a billion years ago, one of the greatest thoroughbred jockeys in the history of horse racing. And Shoemaker was being interviewed by Harry Reasoner, the late Harry Reasoner on 60 Minutes a thousand years ago. And uh, Harry Reasoner had to ask him because Shoemaker's wife was really tall, like a model. You know, and he jockeys, if, if you're a successful jockey, you make a whole bunch of money. And uh, he, he was short and his, his wife was very tall, like maybe six feet tall. And he was probably five, two. And Harry Reasoner asked him about it. 
And uh, he just looked at Harry Reasoner and said, everybody's the same height lying down. And 60 Minutes was a very conservative program at the time. And I think he was dumbfounded. But it was fabulous. Fabulous moment. Um, now, I, I mentioned the um, hockey accident after the death of Adam Johnson, a guy that used to play in the NHL. And uh, that English hockey league where he was playing has taken action. Now, the police are still looking into this. There are all kinds of questions. Henry, you and Matt have seen the video now. Um, thoughts on this? Do you think this was an accident, or does this look like this is actually um, some kind of an attack? Well, at a first glance, I thought, yeah, for sure this is an attack. How? Why is his leg all the way up at this guy's neck? It really does look like that. But if you slow down and you watch it, you can see the defender who, you know, ultimately, you know, delivers the blow to Adam Johnson. Uh, you can see him get it gearing up to like lay a hit, lay a shoulder check into him. And as he's doing that, he nicks his like uh, his teammate's skate, kind of like forcing it back. And then it, you know, it swing it like kind of, I don't know, it kind of pinballs up into Adam Johnson's neck, and it just seems like a really unfortunate accident now. See, I think it's an accident, because you have to be a ninja to have accomplished that. Yeah. But in typical British fashion, uh, ice hockey players in England will now be required to wear neck guards. Neck guards will be forced on these guys. Now, I get it. They're trying to trying to make everybody safe, but it just seems like uh, England, which is becoming the ultimate nanny state to me, is uh, is making mandatory neck guards. I don't think the NHL is going to do that. I hope the NHL isn't going to do that, even though today is the anniversary of the first time an NHL hockey goalie wore a face mask. But up until uh, it was like 1959, and uh, I think it was it Bernie Perrant. I think it was was the first goalie to wear uh, a hockey mask. They never, can you imagine playing Jacques Plante? It was the Canadians, Montreal Canadiens, Jacques Plante, in 1959, wore a hockey mask of, as a goalie for the first time. Like the Jason he, ones, right? Yeah. The, the original ones were like that. I don't even think they were that good. I think it was probably leather, like the old football helmets. Ooh. Yeah. So um, and today on this day, and now we've got neck guards coming to the English Hockey League. It's kind of crazy. But but there it is. It's a, I, I love hockey. It's a great sport. And Me too. My Go team, Flyers. the Blackhawks, has not had a oh a good... oh oh it's oh cry me a river, cry me a river with Connor Bedard now. I, I don't want to hear it. Okay, maybe we've got a good year coming up, but it's been a while. We've had a little bit of a dry spell. Oh, oh and that too. I don't want to hear. It. You had the whole early two thousand tens and everything. I don't. Yeah, I don't but then it. they smeared Coach Q and his. Uh, we don't have time to get yeah, into this. We don't. But, here. Uh, uh, I'll be time. back Saturday night, everybody. Saturday night from seven to ten this week, full three hours this week here on Talk Radio twelve ten WPHT. And until next time, testudo, my friends, testudo. Rich Zioli, weekday afternoons, 3 to 7, Talk Radio 1210, WPHT, and on the free Odyssey app. We really need new phones. T Mobile will cover the cost of four amazing new iPhone 15s, and each line is only $25 a month. New iPhone 15s? It's better over here. Only at T Mobile get four iPhone 15s on us and four lines for $25 per line per month with eligible trade in when you switch. Minimum of four lines for $25 per line per month with auto pay discount using debit or bank account. $5 more per line without auto pay, plus taxes and fees. Phone fee 24 monthly bill credits for all well qualified customers. Contact us before canceling account to continue bill credits or credit stop and balance on required finance agreement due. $35 per line connection charge applies. Ctmobile.com. Oh, oh, oh.
Protect your vehicle's engine with a full synthetic oil change and save with Mobile One at O'Reilly Auto Parts. Purchase five quarts of Mobile One full synthetic motor oil and receive a $10 O'Reilly gift card after rebate. See store for details. With your Mobile One purchase, you'll also receive two times points during Old Rewards Bonus Points Month at O'Reilly Auto Parts. Oh, 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 O'Reilly Auto Parts. Hey, Rob Bradford here. I have set out on a mission with my good friends at FanDuel to prove what I have known for some time. Baseball isn't boring. Now I have a daily podcast to prove it with some of the most notable people in the baseball world screaming baseball isn't boring from the mountaintops or at least agreeing to come on our show. Players, managers, GMs, and yes, even the commissioner of baseball, Rob Manfred. It has been a constant wave of baseball's most powerful voices. So join the revolution. Subscribe and soak in baseball isn't boring. Listen on your Odyssey app or wherever you get your podcast. You'll be glad you did.